Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. You know, I've done, I've released 304 episodes, and this is the first time I've had a comic on. But you're also a dating coach. Is it, are you, are you, are you so funny because men don't know how to date anymore? Like you had to become a comic, you know. But I have Paul Rosenberg, uh, Rosenberry in the house. How are you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. So in true fashion, uh, Austin Lenny style, I know nothing about you. Uh, <laughs> got interviews to you by Dennis. I, I just interviewed yeah. Brian. Uh, I took Dennis is my new hype man. So, but, but Those dude, with, awesome. with my guests, you know, I like to let them tell their story and kind of start where they want to. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So I, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm a dating coach and also a comedian. And uh, so as you started to kind of ask there, it started with comedy. It started with comedy because, you know, I just I've loved to laugh since I was a kid and I've always wanted to be involved in stand up comedy. As time went on, came to find out uh, my various quests in, in the dating world had led me to uh, quite quite a volume of knowledge <laughs> that I could pass on to others. And uh so it just kind of became, it was not an intent. I wasn't looking for it. I just had reached a point in life where, you know, I worked in a big office in New York city. And so uh, one guy would tell me about this breakup he was having, or another guy would tell me about how he was in trouble with this girl. And I'd hear, and I'd be like, well, dude, do this. Or like, do that. Like, what do you, how are you missing this? And then it would work. And one after another, I'm like solving breakups and putting people, you know, so after a while, it, the word kind of got out. And then like a, a guy's brother would come to me. And then like a, another guy who I didn't even know knew me would come up to me. A, a guy came up to me in a, in a store in New York City, saw me from across the street through the window, ran in and was like, hey. And then I just thought we'd catch up. We traded numbers. And the next day he's like, yeah, the reason I called, uh, I really could use some help with girls. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> How did you know that about me? And it so anyway, uh, as time went on, yeah, even my own girlfriend, we're, we're about to celebrate eight years together. And um, so she was like, you do have to do this. So, so su- super interesting. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw the correlation. So you don't know much about me, but long story sure. short, uh, I was homeless. I abused methamphetamines, cocaine, okay. I was an alcoholic for 20 years. You know, I've been wow. sober, for, sober for three years, all that bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is a lot of my coaching clients, like three sessions in, will be like, "Oh yeah," and uh, I'm addicted to like Adderall or like cocaine. You know, <laughs> like they won't they won't tell me that right off, right? Yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of shame around guys that are constantly having those same relationship patterns over and over and oh. over again. It, it's really hard to get them to even open up to you that they even admit to it because their ego yeah. won't let them, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. And so I always let it be known right up front. The reason I was able to develop these uh, skills, if you will, with dating is not because I was just born a guy who was, you know, lucky from day one and never had resistance. 
Uh, that wouldn't be exciting and you wouldn't have skills to teach. <laughs> you would just be lucky. Or, or I might argue unlucky because the way I went was the opposite. I was, uh, I was a fat kid, um, just so awkward. I stuttered a lot as a kid. And I mean, if anyone, if you want to get picked on as a kid, just start stuttering and just see how long it takes the other kids to come after you. Uh, not long. Um, I was a vegetarian in the 80s where it wasn't like cool like it is now where you're like, you know, uh, like, a, like a good guy and all you're like, no, I was just a weirdo. I didn't want to be. I'm not even going to claim I, I was against it. But my parents raised me as vegetarian. So I had to go to school and ask for these weird lunches. I'd have to be in the car with kids when their parents pull up to McDonald's. Everyone's screaming. They're so excited. I have no excitement. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, can I get a burger with no meat? What? No, you can get a beat down. You can get a fresh, hot, sizzling beat down <laughs> right outside of this car. That's what you can have. You can have an unhappy meal bro, because it's about to get rough for you. And uh, so it, it was like that from day one. And we were poor. We we're we we're so poor. Like my dad would buy all these $200 cars, man. Like I remember my, my dad bought a car for 200 bucks that he couldn't even drive home. He had a car that had to be towed with a rope behind a piece of junk pickup that his friend pulled it home with. So we saw some, I don't know, can we say bullshit on here? Is that? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we saw some bullshit. It was not yeah. easy. It was impossible. I used the F word 19 times on a rant, so we're good. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, then doors are open. So, yeah. So, it it, it, it it was hard as hell. And so, then when it came to dating, well, I should say part of the reason I love comedy is a great escape because you get mm -hmm. picked on so much. Well, like, you know, know, I love to study, com like, comedy because I – like I think coaching, comedy, writing, it's all an art mm -hmm. form, right? Mm -hmm. And if you talked, if you like listen to the comics, like it's not because they were like the the good looking jock and everything went good. No, these <laughs> the awkward no. motherfuckers. Yeah. Dude, for sure. That guy, those guys are never funny. They're never funny. Oh, you know what's so funny is the time my dad gave me his BMW and he forgot to wash it first. Shut the fuck. I'll kill you. Don't ever tell me. That's not a joke. That makes me cry. <laughs> it's not. It's cruel. You know? So, yeah, it's you had to have been beat up along the way. And, and you know, we might call it seasoning as, as we get older and come to appreciate it. It's what gives us grit. And uh, if you... If you're fortunate enough that you can grab onto that, keep note, keep persevering. Then in time, yeah, you'll be jacked. <laughs> you know, like yeah. in, in a different way, intellectually. So, yeah. Uh, you know, how did it start for you in comedy? Like, did you start just performing at clubs? Like, how did that work? You know, so my grandmother would buy these VHS tapes like I, that, that was the thing to do, like in, in the 80s, just my grandmother would just go to the flea market and just buy whatever mix and match. She just loved having tapes. One of them happened to be Eddie Murphy's Raw. Okay. And I got my hands on that, man. I don't even think I was 10. I was a little kid when I saw that. And I'd watch it over and over and over. I just loved it. I loved that he was using his brain to come up with things that made a whole crowd. A lot. Like it was just on so many levels. I loved it. And then I started watching any comedy I could find. I'd run home from school. We didn't have DVR back then. No one did. So you'd try to catch like, you know, VH1 spotlight or whatever, just anything to get some comedy. And then, uh, I decided just to say the hell with it. Let's let's try it in the school talent show, senior year. 
And uh, I I pulled it off. I, I got some good. I have a buddy to this day from high school. He was in the audience and uh, he still will text me once in a while a reference to that set. Now, granted, uh, some people were yelling at me. They didn't enjoy it. There was a girl who got up and ran out. There was another girl who called me. Uh, I don't know what the hell she called like a like 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 a misogynist essentially they were totally off base totally mm-hmm. off base but anyway so um you know as 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 time went on i just i always wanted to keep a finger on the pulse of it i wanted to do open mics here and there but i was broke and i needed money and it doesn't pay like day one it's not a job you go and just get so i've just chipped away at it for years and years and um it was much later it was in boston about 4 or 5 years ago then I started to really get in the loop. Um, I just asked a club to give me some time and I uh, told them, you know, you've never heard of me, nothing like that, but I'm good. And they gave me a five minute tryout. And uh, then I started open every year, uh, every weekend for a year. So that was a big, that was when it started to, you know, then I started working in front of people, not comics and like really get to. So, I mean, I wish I could say I tried it in high school and then just knew it was for me. And, you know, was Dave Chappelle two years later? No, no. Because again, that childhood shit where like nothing goes your way. It's not going to work. Don't lean on it, you idiot. Go wait tables. Yeah. Go wait tables. Do something that sucks and you hate because that's that's normal life. That's that's well, that's, that's, that's your material. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what's interesting? One of the greatest things I ever heard was uh, there was a band, like a no name band. Uh-huh. And they were like, they were like, fuck it. And so they, they're going to play a show every day for 365 days. Right. And they tell the story about like in the beginning, the first couple of months, like, oh, yeah, like the family showed up and the friends showed up and like day like, you know, six months in, nobody showed up. Right. Like, you know, for like a month. And then on the last like 40 days, they had 3000, 5000, 15000, 20000 people. And it's the same thing, like with the podcast. Right. It's like my thought process and I, I, I'd be curious to hear your thought process walking yeah. into a set. Yeah. The way I don't overthink this is if we impact one person, then I've done my job. Yeah. And so like, how do you, when you walk, cause that takes a lot of confidence and sometimes you're not always feeling it. Yeah. So what do you, what do you tell yourself when you're walking up to that set? You know what? That's a question that uh, I've been on. It, th- th- there's kind of a few stages to it on, on the one hand. Yes. On the one hand, like you said, when you've got something you want other people to hear, even if it is one person, just get it out there, you know, just get it out. Because if you enjoy it and you think somebody else will get like a little break from work for a minute by laughing at it, great. Get that out there. You know, it's not even like a, hey, look at me, look what I did. It's like, a, hey, enjoy this. Like you're giving them a cookie, you know, just, just have that. But uh, also as far as prepping it, you know, There's a thing I've been talking with my girlfriend recently about how like it's wild how it'll still get in your head. You can do it. No, it doesn't matter how many times. It doesn't matter how many times you can walk out and just knock it out of the park. No big deal. But then there are other times where you just it. I don't know. It just will get in your head a little bit. You'd be like, "This isn't going to work." It doesn't. I don't know. Like, like what am I? You know. And um, so I think part of it is kind of just to keep to stay like in to have a bubble and you stay in it is kind of literally we've been talking about it all weekend long about just you've got to decide what your vibe is decide just what it is that you're up to and just don't you know like scarface says he's got his brains and his balls 
Doesn't break either for anybody, right? You can't go breaking your whole comedy world because of a crowd of 50 people you've never met. You can't, then what are you worth? You got to wow. walk out there the same <laughs> way you are when you're home. That's it, it. It doesn't matter if you got 10 million in the bank or a dollar in the bank. The comedy is still the comedy. It's not going to change, you know? And what's interesting is people ask me all the time, well, you must just feel like you want to do it all every day. I go, never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never. I know. Well, I know, but there's, I'm supposed to get to this moment where it feels like it's easy. Uh, never. <laughs> Dude, it's, I've had that question, you know, cause sometimes I'll look back and I'll be like, why did it take me so long? to like really put more into this because and because 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 you i just read a book about this yeah you were playing toward your ideal self and and not living up to that because nobody can yeah instead of looking behind you and saying well i remember them when there was two people and now i yeah. remember there was four yeah. people like i do that too it's like dude i'm sober now i've lost 75 pounds holy like, shit how dare you right like yeah like, how, like you're not doing it hard enough and i'm like yeah, but if I look at dude three years ago, that guy, that guy really didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, seventy five pounds better. <laughs> you know, yeah. so but this is this is that rub that people think you're going to get to. Like I wouldn't imagine if I had to guess, I'm not around them, but I would imagine that you know Chris Rock and and all these bigger guys, like they still have those doubts creep in their head. They just don't attach to them. Yeah, you'll hear Seinfeld say like I don't know if it was on Cars and Coffee or you know I watch a lot of like non-comedy comedy by the way i've talks. seen every episode yeah. there's no there's no better uh he talks about art the whole time yeah. i love it yeah. yeah just comedy that's all that's all he that's it he says well why would i talk to anybody about anything else <laughs> that's all <laughs> fair enough but he he said in one of them i, I think it was an episode of, of that show where he said uh you know that he still gets you know jitters before going on and like i i actually think that it will, those will go away to some degree. I think they will. Maybe it'll change to like an excitement maybe, but like, uh, mm, I think that it, it kind of has to in a way. I think so. You know, um, there's, Chris, there's, an, there's a, there's an internal belief <clears throat> that I'm not going to let my, I'm not going to let fucking Joe Smo dictate. Like, you know what I do sometimes just cause I'm like a little kind of, I, I like to mess with people a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I sometimes like know a word's misspelled and I won't get it spelled right on purpose on my social okay. media posts okay. because some douchebag will DM me and talk about yeah. my grammar. Yeah. And I, and I almost do it to show, I'm like, look how weak you are. That like you took the time to like yeah. DM me about my fucking grammar oh. police. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was in a like talk with my dad recently and I mean, I guess normally I wouldn't, in, in any coaching scenario, I wouldn't say who I was coaching, but it's my dad. So whatever I will say it was my dad. I don't give a shit. Uh, that's uh, whatever HIPAA go, goes out the window when it's dad. Uh, and so he just really, I had, I was really trying to hammer home a point to him and uh, like one that he needed. He, he was, you know, he was frustrated about some shit and um, I had just woken up. It was the first thing I was doing. And, and I had said, you know, it's just too costful, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, costful. And I'm like, yes, it's too costful the way you're doing this. It doesn't blah, blah. And he was like, I don't think costful is a word. I don't think, I think costly. And I was like, I don't give a shit. 
I was like, you're right. Of course, it's not a word. I haven't had coffee and my eyes aren't open. But how is that what you're taking from this? Are you out of your mind? Do you understand the effort I'm trying to offer to you to get? You're in a hole, man. You got shit going on. I'm tr- that's what you took yeah. from this? Costful is so, the wrong word? I'm handing you a fire extinguisher and you don't like the way that the fucking label is placed at an <laughs> angle? Use the fire extinguisher, you ass. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Dude, I was interviewing this guy who's, who's flipped over like 5,000 houses in his career. And he has this big mastermind. And I said, what's the number one advice you would give to any new student coming in? He said, I would tell him to shut the fuck up and listen. He goes, he goes, you're, he goes, I flipped 500, I flipped 5,000 houses. I have two planes and you got some douchebag who's never bought one house telling me, oh, well, I think you should do it this way. We've become a society of, we want to, we want to be right instead of get it right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, there's been a lot of rooms I'm in where people are worth 300 million. Yeah. And guess what? I shut the fuck up. Yeah, dude. I teach guys that when it comes to dating, like I'll tell them, cause a lot of times you get nervous before you go up to talk to a girl at a bar. And some of those nerves are telling you, well, I'm not good enough. She dates better guys than me. She's too hot for me, whatever. Mm. And then that's when you've got to shut the fuck up. Well, it's not, it's not, you know, I tell people all the time, the same thing I tell about mentoring, you could use it in dating. It's not for you to determine why they would go out with you. Yeah. It's for you to be you, right? Yeah. And and, and here's a, here's a, here's a quote you could steal from me, from Naval, for the guys. You don't have any, because guy, I guarantee you guys talk about this all the time, competition. You don't have any competition in life if you are authentically you. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And and the thing is, is that you can't work against yourself and for yourself at the same time. You know what I mean? Like you can't be like, well, I have this and I have that. That makes me someone who I like to be and these great attributes that someone who's looking for a guy would enjoy while also being like, yeah, but I'm kind of a scumbag and she probably gets better guys. And you know what? I have a, you know, like you, you can't do both. So if you're working against yourself, you're not only creating problems for yourself, but you're also missing your offense, if you will, you know what I mean. Like you're 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 missing your 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 positive projection of good. What what? So start off by at least at least silencing because you got to realize that conversation is between you and you, and yeah. you're trying to interact with another person. One of you has to stop talking. Ideally, both for a minute. If you can just go listen and actually, because as it goes on in a relationship, you got to listen to the other person. You know. I tell I tell I tell my clients all the time that episode where George Costanza does the exact opposite of everything that he's believed in and he gets the girl mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. I said I said just do that. Yeah. Like everything that you think like my favorite thing to do to him is like hey if you had to suspend all reality and context in your life what is the question that you would ask me right now? And in that moment it's like the only time they've ever been free. Like yeah. to say like Oh, but you know what's interesting? And I'm curious your thoughts on this when it comes to like finding that one, right? Because I have lots of friends who are 36, 38. They still haven't found anybody. Like, let's yep. be honest. Like I am divorced and I've been with my my girlfriend for, for a year and a half. Nice. We'll get married. Yeah. But, but I don't want to be out there. <laughs> like out there is scary to me. Like the dating world these days with the apps and the fucking shit. And it's like, so how does one even navigate this world that we live in these days? 
So you're not, it's, it's like a theme. I talk to a lot of guys who are afraid to be out there, you know, and they'll stay in something that they don't like because mm-hmm. they don't want to be out there. And how is that worse? Like, 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 or how, how isn't that worse? You know what I mean? Like, like it, it just, yeah, sure. It sucks to start over, but I mean, if you're in something that doesn't work, then you have to go start over. Like it's because it, you, you got to view the positives. You got to want something from this. You got to be aware of what you want from it. You have to feel that you're worth being able to achieve the things you want from it. And then of course, it's going to make sense to take off a shoe that doesn't fit. You know what I mean? It's got to be a shoe that doesn't fit. Is it, is it three sizes too small and your toes hurt when you walk? Then take it off. Take it off. Or possibly it might be that, you know, you just need it. Like no relationship is going to work for you because you don't have some of the core functions of what makes any relationship work. So maybe take this moment as I coach a lot of guys and I tell them, let's First, start by building up your relationship skills to a point where you can feel you bring your real you to this relationship. And that allows that person, your partner, to bring their real self also to the relationship. Then you can at least, before you make any brass decision, really know what this relationship's about and who's in it. Well, I don't see, I actually think, and I don't know you that well, but uh, to hear you talk, I actually don't think you're a dating coach. Yes, you are on on the surface. Yeah. But I think what you're actually teaching them, if I had to guess, is how to date themselves. Yeah, confidence. I teach a lot of confidence and relationship dynamics. It's dating is, you know, it's a catchy tag. So I, you know, mm-hmm. the dating coach comedian, because I do a lot of, you know, crossover. And dating is just kind of like a fun, you know, if, if you have to sum it up, it's more fun than relationship. It, it's a little, you know, it's a little more exciting. But I do coach, I coach guys who are married. I coach women, you know, even though I say dating coach for men, you know, of course I, I coach women here and there. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's the dynamics. You're right. It, it's, it's the actual, how, how it, I teach guys how to build their own value. They start from the inside out. You have to assess your own value because sometimes guys will ask me, so what's, what, what do I say, you know, to help me get girls? I say, no, 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 wrong. Dial it way back. Let's go before you leave the house. When you look in the mirror before you even walk out the door, do you decide what you're worth or do you wait and hear what other people say to you to decide what they think you're worth? And then that's truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's super important that you don't live other people's injected beliefs into you. No, I, I think, I think a lot, I think a lot of people do that. And, and that's, yeah. where, that's where you're walking around. You don't even know who the fuck you are anymore. Dude. Why do you think a Louis Vuitton handbag cost eight grand? Why? <laughs> because the person who holds it has no idea who they are, not a clue in the world. And they hope, they hope that that brand will speak for them. And then you'll consider them to be friends with this brand. And then you're like, oh, I guess you must be somebody because X, Y, Z. Not because I just met you and you friggin' made an impression on me that I really liked, but because, oh, because you're friends with Louis, because you're friends with Porsche, because you're friends with Nike. Shut the fuck up. I wear black V-neck tees every single day. Any comedy set you ever see me do, it'll be in a black V-neck tee. There's no logo. There's no brand. I buy them off Amazon six pack for 18 bucks and I wear gray jeans. That's it because I'm me. I'm the value. Like I know who the fuck I am. I don't need someone else to do it for me. They won't do it as well. 
They're not going to. Dude, 100%. Decide, 100%. You know, and what's interesting, right, is, is that when you own that, it's amazing how you start attracting the right people into your life, right? Yeah. Like, like, like there's <laughs> when you're abusing alcohol and drugs and you wake up from that and you look around, like you're friends with a lot of dirtbags. <laughs> oh, I've been there. <laughs> like, I've, you're yeah. like, you're like, whoa, these people really don't think highly of themselves. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah. you know what somebody told me super important is I don't even like the guy that gave me the advice, but it's really good advice. <laughs> you don't have it's, to, really, yeah. it's really good advice. When I got divorced, he said, he said in that first month, he said, don't date anybody because you will, you, you won't, you don't validate yourself enough away from that to know how much value you have out in the world. So if you date somebody now, yeah, then that's going to be settling. Right. And he's sure like, and it was like really profound. I was like, wow. Like that's, like if you're not gonna date somebody that you're gonna grow with, if you're not gonna date somebody oh, that is you, like, but that happens all the time, oh, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And so I almost think that you valuing yourself at this level puts off a certain energy that broken people latch onto, and then you have a toxic codependent relationship. Dude, I I, I always say uh, I'd rather be a whole half than half whole. If you want to be able to get in a relationship, you've got to be a complete you walking into it, as opposed to, like you said, like one broken person meeting another broken person. And then we keep leaning on each other and swaying back and forth because either neither of us know how to stand on our own. Uh, a, a month, like you said, is conservative. A, a month is conservative. I would, I mean, I'm not into timelines, but that's conservative. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that's- I, I think my, I think my, my girlfriend can hear me. So we met very soon after, but yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I was trying to like well, brace it. But, I mean, uh, Hey, you know, but if, and everyone's different, but, and, and if you were in a place where you were able well, to, I think, I think the bigger, logic, I think the bigger, I think the bigger thing for me is that the last five to four years of my marriage, I was already done. Right. So like in my mind, mentally, I was, I was over it. Right. And so when it was time, it was time, you know? And so I, I, I think, you know, my, my, my coach said something to me that like it, it rings true. And it's something that's always ringed in my head. It's like, he's like, I am very proud of you. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm very proud of you because you are knocking out all these things. You're, you're getting sober, you're getting in shape. And you have a massively toxic relationship at home. He's like, it's very amazing. He said, I am imagine how high you could fly if you had somebody that you love to be around and supported you. And I was like, Oh, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck. That's, that's one of those days. You don't forget that day. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's a, that's a conversation. Yeah. It's true. Think about that. It is man. Like if, if they're supporting you and letting, you know, you know, we're not allowed to be anymore ourselves Mm. guys you know what man i have been in this short-term rental game for so long i you know what i think i'm paying the light bills over at airbnb and home away and those companies the fees are getting ridiculous and the only way to do that is to stop building your uh, real estate on somebody else's platform and my man mark simpson book direct playbook the book is coming out and this is a no-brainer we got the hotels. The hotels do 50% uh, direct booking on our website because of the tips and tricks that he's taught us with marketing and so on and so on. I've got a preview of this book. It is a game 
changer. Make sure you check it out, dude. You won't regret keeping more of your money for yourself. Nobody's Hello. allowed to be ourselves, right? You can't be goofy. We can't be. This is another thing I want to talk to you about. Here's yeah. my here's my thing with adults. I think we forgot something in this world. And it's killing every single one of us. It's a three-letter word. It's called fun. You ever yeah. heard of it? Yeah. 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 We white knuckle this fucking life. We don't laugh anymore. <laughs> We're trying to get to the next goal. We make sure we got our meditation in and read the next book. And yeah, uh, you know, like it's like, come on, dude. Dude, you know, I mean, kind of like a dark add to that is that uh people forget life is voluntary it's voluntary. you know what i mean there are exits everywhere the -hmm. next bus the next roof we we, we can leave at any time Mm -hmm. but we don't we must want something from it you know what i mean that's where i think some of that fun can come from is remembering you choose to be here so what what do you want from it Cause dude, also it's kind of sick, kind of weird, I guess, but no one matters. <laughs> like, no exactly. one fucking, you know, wait, wait, who are you? No one, nothing matters about anything. What the most important person dies and what we miss a hit song one, we miss a song. You know what I mean? Like, like, like what, who cares? It, it, there's no, you're born and naked and empty handed. You die the same way. You take nothing with you, nothing ca- like literally on like a mathematical scheme, you can't prove life to have any value other than what you take from it in the moment, how it feels to you. So if it's all work and all stress, and like you're saying, like white knuckling through it just to survive. My, my favorite quote, shit out the window. Uh, most men die at 25, but don't get buried till 75. That's deep, bro. That's some deep shit. <laughs> It's the That's truth. Deep. It's the truth, right? And, and here's what we do, right? We quantify the negatives, right? Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Because that's yeah. easy. Yeah. What if it all goes good? I, I actually think that this is the case. Uh-huh. And I told this to a client today. Yeah. I think that winning is harder than not winning because okay. the toxicity of having your back up against the wall, the stress, the, the yeah. unwanted relationships, the alcohol yeah. abuse, that's home. It's like a warm coat on a cold yeah. day. Yeah. Being happy yeah. as fuck, healthy, yeah. sober, making fucking money. Well, what, when's it going to fall apart? When's it going to yeah. fall apart? That's the yeah. game you play. That's a different game. <laughs> Dude. I'm honest. I'm with you. I've, I think part of the reason I pushed comedy so far in life before really digging in and, uh, you know, doing things with my time that I really enjoy. I like part of it is because like you said, there, there is a home, there's a comfort in damage in a broken life. And I've always kind of had this fear, like, 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 what if, what if something goes really well and I make a whole bunch of money or, you know, become famous as a comedian or both, you know, ideally I then I've always feared the distance from common man. I've always feared that then I won't be able to just walk in as a fly on the wall and hear the conversation in a break room. You know, I won't hear the bullshit conversation that happens with the guy who changes your oil. You know what I mean? Like, I like that shit. I like the stuff that guys bitch about when they're smoking butts on break. I like hearing that. And I, there comes a point if you become a big enough name or you have enough money, no one's going to be themselves around you. 
And then whatever you're going to work on for your own processing of, you know, looking at life and breaking down psychology or even breaking or writing new material, you're going to have to work on what you built until that day, that day came. You'll, you'll have that finite li- library because otherwise you'll be an outsider from then on in. And I, I think that, that scares me. Like I, mm. you know, like I sure I hate bills. You know, I, I hate not having enough money to do cool shit. Yeah. But I'm also terrified of being exiled from like common life. Because then you would be set outside your your immediate circle. Yeah. And then you would, you know, and, and so, you know, it's, it's really interesting, right? Uh, Brian said today on the podcast, he said, the problem happens when you decide to change your life is the first thing that happens is you're you're demonized. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay, this guy's really doing it for real. And then like, then the other side is, then they're asking you for help. And so I try to tell everybody, like when when I got sober, I got sober and I started a podcast, I can't tell you how many people DM me and they were like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're a a coach. Go fuck yourself. We know who you are. And if I, if I actually attach myself to them, like that would, that would hurt. Right. And I would go back to it. Guess what? Three years later, those people are asking for advice now. I would even argue they were asking for it then. <laughs> and you know that. Great, great you, you know that. Yeah, they were point. asking for it the loudest. They were asking for it the That's loudest. That's a really good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. Same people. Dude, I, I find sometimes if I go to an, uh, I guess you would call it like an alt room for comedy, like a kind of a hipster room. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Dude, I don't even have to finish that. You dude, get it. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Our, jo- yes. our joke our joke is our joke is like you ever been to that coffee shop that hipster coffee shop where the girls had their boobs hanging out and their shirts up to here yeah. and it's like so much pretension in the room of liberalness yeah. and and fucking coffee i just you just but you know it's a good cup of coffee so you're willing to yeah. put up with all the yeah, bullshit, that's right? a good point it is you know it is good it's gonna be great coffee it's gonna be really good you just have to wade through the thick thick mud espresso all, that's all over the floor to get to it you gotta wait so i'm interested to hear this what is this i don't think i've been to one of these all comedy hipster places yeah they just you don't even always know you're in one until you're in it and then you just look around you know it's more like the circus there's a bearded lady you know what i mean there's like just it's just all the, the the fucking PT Barnum freak show is going on, but everyone acts like it's like the they're cool not even theater. they're not even really there to laugh. They're there to see if other people laugh. Like it's more yeah yeah, and they're only there to laugh at another bearded lady. That's it. They're only there to laugh. You better have a third arm if you want to tell us a joke. You better be clearly broken because I get up and I'm the typical six foot white guy with gel in his hair, and they think that you know I'm I'm systematically the asshole and so it's like work to get them to laugh and i'm like you fucks i was a stuttering vegetarian you idiots i'm you i'm you you just demonized me because i fought my way out of it and you didn't you just went and bought a 150 dollars shirt that you want to act like you bought it for two bucks and just no no you're fucking wrong i am exactly who you want to who you're cheering for if you cheer hard enough that it works i'm the final product guess what uh, chew on that and then no one wants to hear it no one wants to hear it and, you know and, 
you know what I found? And this is not so much anymore, but definitely in the midst of getting sober. Yeah. Like I had a lot of, uh, like a lot of aggression towards me with other men. Yeah. Uh, when we'd be out like a networking event or like at their house when they would get drunk, when they would get drunk because I'm a mirror. Yeah. And they're like upset about it. Right. And so like, the thing is, is like, be careful when you're casting your stones yeah. that you're not upset that they you're you're not the what they, what they are already yeah like, you know i think that's really what it's about you're not really upset at that person you're upset with yourself of course of course and i i i, I try to you know like i used to have a lot of anger issues you know i, I used to maybe a you know interesting word uh i used to have more <laughs> anger issues <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know if they ever fully go away, but, you know, I was quick to, to write someone off as an asshole, you know, even if I was in like a service industry job or something, I'd be like, fuck that guy. Okay. You know, I can tell in two seconds, so that guy's a dick, but then like, just, it just takes the one time where you see that person interact with someone else right after, and you see that they're small and you're like, oh, you're not a dick dick you're like afraid you're you're not good at this you know you're nervous and so you have this kind of like fuck you shell because you're not strong okay okay all right i can kind of i don't like you now but i'm not i'm not mad at you i just hope you figure it out you know what i mean i i, I just kind of okay you know i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and spend any more of my time thinking of how i'd love to beat your ass in the parking lot you know instead i'm just gonna Ah, all right. I hope I hope you develop the social skill. You know, in fact, here's a card. I, I have and, uh, a, I have a afford th- it. I can I teach ha- you that. So. <laughs> I have a theory, and I'm I'm starting to put it out in the world. Um, I really don't think people are that mean, or no. they're not of a dick. And I'm going to tell you why. Huh. I just don't think they feel good. No, I agree exactly. Like like they're not exactly. taking care of themselves. They feel like shit. They're eating bad food. Like I just yeah. think that they're they don't feel good. Yeah. And so if you don't feel good, then you're going to treat people like shit because you feel bad. Dude, like yeah. you're not sleeping, you're not eating well, you're drinking too much. Like, okay. Like, and so if that's the case, right? I had a mentor tell me if you can understand that everybody is dealing with something, then you can have compassion in your heart. So I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. It's yeah. burned me, it's burned me a bunch, but it's also served me way more times than it's burned me. And that's just the way I'm going to live my yeah. life. Yeah. And it costs you less. You got to put yourself first. I think people forget that selfishness is actually an incredibly powerful tool in life. And, and it's got to be cornerstone if you know how to use it correctly. Uh, you've got to be selfish in a sense of you're not going to do anything unless there's something in it for you. So otherwise, bed is pretty comfortable. You'll just stay in it. You know what I mean? You, you won't, let's be real. Like you, you gotta have a reason to get out of bed. We use it as an expression all the time. Why, why do you get out of bed? But like, did you really get out of bed to argue with some nitwit who you don't know? You know what I mean? Like, is that really a good use of your time? You only have so much energy, you know, that there's actually studies that show uh, your brain uses up 20% of your calorie consumption, even though it's like 3% of your body weight. It, it's, it, it, you, it takes a lot of energy to think. So you're really going to wrap your head around an argument with some moron who you only know because you disagree with him in traffic and, and, and then, and then say to yourself that you're good at managing your time and energy and effort. I really, really don't just, just put yourself first. Be like, ah, 
as I told my girl, but I, I, part of how I got over road rage and yelling at people, cause I did, I would, I would definitely, I would yell at people and honk and, you know, we'd get into it. But then I realized, uh, my intent at yelling people in traffic, I actually wanted them to become better drivers. I, I, I always thought that I knew how to drive in a way that they didn't. And, and so I'm going to teach them. I'm, I'm going to teach them angrily, but I'm going to teach them how to drive and how stupid they are for not driving right. And then that song by Khalees, Milkshake, my milkshake brings all the boys that remember that, that popped in my head. And the line goes, I could teach you, but I'd have to charge. And I was like, I'm going to force my knowledge on someone else as a form of education for free. And they don't even want it. I'm a horrible teacher. And my, and my, my, my product must be worth nothing because I'm trying to give it away to people who didn't ask for it. So, I, I was, a, yeah. so I called it a poker. I was a poker. Do uh-huh. this, do that, do, do everything. And so, uh, you know, my buddy, we were talking about coaching just in general, helping people, you know, cause yeah. I, I can't tell you how many people time people reach out to me and they're like, I do anything to be on a meeting with you, you know, for changing my life, you know, yeah. and then they, they don't show up for the meeting, you know, it's like, you know, but he said this, he said, think of it as you're in a life raft. Uh-huh. There's a hundred people in the water that you need to save. Yeah. Save the ones that are swimming the fastest to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I've gotten to a point where like, not to be rude, but I'm super busy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, how can I save you if you don't want to save yourself? Dude, step one to any mentorship, any coaching, any improvement, you, not your peers, not anyone else, you have to want it. Then we have a chance of getting somewhere. There's no guarantee, but that is cornerstone. It's like any religion. You know what I mean? Any religion, you have to want to believe that a guy this and, you know, a person this, but it, you have to want it. And, and with, with, with your boat analogy, I, I often say uh, similar where it kind of meets up with that a little bit. Make sure you stay in the boat. Mm. Make sure you, there's you, Bro. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Make sure. Oh, you know exactly uh, we call that, that we call that we call that trauma bonding in my coaching yeah group. yeah <laughs> you know what's you know what really fucked me up what's to, that? To, to fucking lay on top of your analogy huh this is what really was one of those i need to take a walk for about 45 minutes yeah this, this hammer got dropped on me he said your need to for your clients to be successful is a form of victimhood hmm and hmm. I was like, I was like, hold, 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 hold up. I already was a victim for 20 years. I beat that shit with my yeah. drug addiction. Yeah. I know, but your need, you need to ride up on the white horse and you need to yeah. skip him. Yeah. And that was the moment I put down my sword and I became a guide, not a coach. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And so here's the number one thing. This is a very yeah. confusing statement I'm about to make. It's very yeah, hard okay. for people to understand this. Yeah. The hardest thing that you can do as a coach is not be what you think they need you to be. Yeah. Only be what you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard when you start coaching. Well, because there are going to be, you're going to miss steps. Otherwise, you know, you already see the whole road, but you've got to figure out what little pieces they're missing. You know, like sometimes you're trying to teach somebody to run down the street and you're like, wait, we didn't go over shoe tying. Oh shit. I, 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 there's this like uh 
admiral in the military and he spends the whole first day at his boot camp teaching people how to sh- tie shoes properly. Dude, I mean, honestly. And, and you learn that from coaching. The more you coach, the more you learn things that you didn't know. Shit, I guess we have to have a, a, a module, if you will, on this. I I would have breezed right by it and you would have been somewhat lost because that's, I would have. That's That's where I think content creation and coaching is somewhat of an art. Because, mm-hmm. and I study it because when I do my rants, right, uh, I'll get like text messages and people are like, are you okay, bro? Like, you sound really angry. Like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Business is great. I got a beautiful girlfriend. And yeah. they're like, I don't, I don't get it. You sounded really upset. And I go, what you don't understand is I'm channeling and talking to my 17 year old self. Yeah. And so I'm so far removed from alcohol addiction, but I coach a lot of people that are still addicted. Yeah, I have I have to literally transport myself back to that version of myself yeah. to yeah. connect with them, or I will. Right. N- this sure. is what I said. This is what I said to myself when I started coaching. No offense to Tony Robbins, I listen to him. No offense to all the big guys, mm-hmm. but I truly believe that they're disconnected from the audience. They're so far removed from it yeah. that on a broad scale it works, but not one on one like I coach. Yeah, I wouldn't be connected with them. Yeah. It's they, they've got it. It's like that fear I was saying when you become rich that, you know, people who aren't are going to treat you differently and not act like themselves. It, what, is, then, what is what is Seinfeld always say? It's really hard to be a, a successful, rich comedian. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't have any strife anymore. You know, exactly. like no, no offense to Sebastian Maniscalco, but he's not as funny as he was when he was wearing that purple shirt that episode Man. You know, when he was just coming up like that second one was not that good. I, 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 I wish I could have asked I, like four days ago, I, we, maybe last week we saw him at the grocery store and yeah. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I, I'd like, you know, but you're not going to run up to the guy, but uh, yeah, dude. I mean, and I love that guy. I, 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 I haven't watched, I don't know the chronology of his specials well enough to know which one I like the most. He took me a while to cut to, to get into because I thought his, his hand gestures were just a little too much for me. And then I really listened to his writing and I was like, God damn, he's got it. Yeah, he's out, does. You know, he's... There's, there's a, there's something that goes that nobody would take out of, um, that nobody would take out of the the, the episode with comedian and cars mm-hmm. is he finds so much romanticism and joy in the little things, and yeah. I think that's the difference maker. Like they're going broad. And he loves like hosting people at his house. And then like, he's in love with like the coffee little spoon. Like that's that little detail that really harps on something, right? Like that, that soul cycle uh, bit is the funniest thing when he talks about, I didn't see that one. Dude, you will fall. I'm writing it down. So so he talks about his wife wants to go to spin class and he said, (laughs) He says, he says, I'm not waiting for the class to start. He goes, I'm already going in on it. He's like, we're here to work. Oh, and he says, no. then this guy walks in. He goes, you ever met those guys that is like happy about everything? Like way too charged up. And yeah. he's like, how are we doing today? Like, let's go. And he's like, and he's like, he starts getting into the class. And the guy's like, like, uh, cycle hard. Like, forget about that old boss. Forget about that boyfriend that doesn't fucking care about you. Forget. He goes, I'm just trying to work off the cheesecake last night. Yeah. Where the fuck are we? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of coaching session? What kind of deep? Wow. I got to watch that. Yeah. I wrote, I made a note. Super, made a note. super great. But, but, but it's like, 
I'm the type of guy, and I'm curious if you're this too, like other people are going for the economy. Mm -hmm. I'm watching for the execution of the economy. Like when I saw my coach coach Mm -hmm. a workshop, I don't even think he said a word that I paid attention to. I was more worried about his mannerisms, how he directed the workshop. That's always been my... I always look at the act of doing it, not what's being said. Oh, for sure. That's do and and with comedy, that's absolutely and with coaching with anything, with 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 any personality. Dude, I'm not even a big politics guy, but I just watch to see, you know, how they act. You know, I try to mm-hmm. like look for, you know, like a policy share. I like I I am not, you know, at all a politics guy, but I look for that more than anything else. And with comedy, like I it, it's always a known thing. You could take Chris Rock's material and read it and do okay. But it's when he drills it as Chris Rock and he's got the mannerisms, he's got the pacing, he's got the expressions and he knows exactly that's when it becomes, you know, a world star as opposed to, uh, you know, you, you can chunk anything. You, if, if you ha- if you're, if you're off, if you're in your head, if you're not there, if you're like, Oh, so, and it happens. I did a set recently. I did eight minutes where a guy came up to me and told me he thought I'd been doing comedy for twice as long as I had as, you know, and, and he, he, he's a comic and uh, he was really giving me a huge compliment and shook my hand, like waded through some of the other comics to shake my hand. And I was really, I thought that was really cool, but that set sucked. <laughs> That's that set was not good. It, it, that set was good. It was good. Was it? Something where I'm like, hey, I'm going to dominate this industry one day because of that set. Hell no. Do I know why? Yep. I know exactly why. Mm-hmm. I do. So I do. I'm going to share something with you and then I'll get you out of here. And yeah. I've only shared this with like a couple people and I don't know how people take it, but I don't, I don't really care. Um, sure. So I've only heard one other person say they do this too. Mm-hmm. But the way I live my life is like, there's me. Uh-huh. And I'm here and I'm talking to you. Yeah. And then right next to me is my consciousness. Uh-huh. And so we're walking in tandem. And so I have a photographic memory. So okay. three weeks from now, I'll replay this entire thing in my head. Uh-huh. And I'll go, okay, I could have fixed that. I could have fixed that. And so yeah. at all times in my life, I'm changing in step yeah. with what's happening. Right. And so that's why people have always said to me, like, we give you some feedback. At like nine o'clock at night on Tuesday and Wednesday morning, you're a different human. Yeah. Oh, like I think comics kind of have that same thing too. Is like we're we're maybe on stage and we're doing our set, but I'm yep. I'm also reading the room and I see that person in the back corner and and all that stuff like that. You know, dude. I I mean I rewrite. Like you know, people ask if you write jokes down sometimes, but I don't have to because I've done it twelve thousand times since the day I wrote it two days ago. You know, like it's constantly going through the head and then you'll say like, that's not the right word because that's going to confuse them. And then we shrink that word into, t- in, in, you know, into a different word or take two into one or one into three. You know, it, I live for the rewrites. It's a constant set of rewrites. And so with that being the mindset, yeah. And, and, and that'll help you because you've got to be flexible. You know what I mean? Like you've got to know that you're welcome. Always, welcome you know? to 2021 where crypto and fucking you know, COVID and all this shit. Like if you're not flexible and you can't pivot, then you're fucked. Yeah. Dude. And, and you just don't want to be so, so stiff that you break because you will, you'll break. 
yeah, no one will want to be around you and all that shit. You're going to break over and over and over again. And, you know, it's not going to be good for you. You don't want to be so flexible. You can wet spaghetti. People walk all over you. But I learning, tell everybody, palm tree. There you go. Strong like as that. fuck in the middle, bends a little bit, but stays like up in the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we see, I, I, where, where are you? Are you, are you in LA? I, I'm in uh, Lake Tahoe, California. Oh, okay. Where yeah. are you at? LA. Sherman. Oaks. Uh, we were just down in San Clemente all week. Okay. I wish I would have known that. So Wait, is yeah, that, I've heard of it. Is that like, right? Oh, it's my, I, I don't, it's I don't my favorite LA place. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. No, I don't know. Why, why the fuck do you live in LA? Because I'm a masochist, dude. I'm a sicko. <laughs> See, finally, the right answer. I have no idea. How long <laughs> have you been it. there? I hate LA so much. Dude, we, my girl what and city, I moved here what three city years do you live ago. In? Sherman Oaks. Where, okay, my buddy lives in Sherman Oaks. So I'm there. Okay. I, that's where I go if I go there. Where, uh, where did you live before that? So I'm, I'm born and raised in New Hampshire. And, uh, and then I moved to LA when I was 24 and uh, lived here for a little while didn't know that it was I like I kind of knew I hated it but didn't know what else there was. Uh when I was 30 I moved to New York City and it got a lot more fun. New York mm-hmm. City was the shit. I also made a little bit of money so I wasn't rich but I could afford to enjoy myself, you know, and uh go mm-hmm. out. And then um was there for 7 years then we moved to to Boston. My girl's job moved us up to Boston. So I was an hour away from home. Boston's a super fun city. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh and then she's, she's from Florida, man. She was freezing. She didn't know about an inch of ice on a windshield. She didn't know that was for real, you know? So uh, we got the hell out. And my comedy was going well. She wanted to get warmer. I wanted to pursue comedy. So uh, we're like, hey, let's go. Let's do the third big city. You know, we've done New York. We've done Boston. So here we are. And, and really, honestly, dude, we'll t- I'll tell you, we've decided that uh, it's, it's, it's this environment that we've got to be strong about it's this this is the one you know what i mean like that's it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where the fuck you are no people like dude like i don't have a single human being that's like a friend and they live close to me Mm. and i feel like i talk to a million people a day yeah yeah my closest friends live very far away yeah we communicate you know what i tell everybody is my favorite quote don't worry about where the fuck i am i'm everywhere like I got businesses in Florida, I got businesses in Oklahoma. I'm everywhere. Don't worry yeah. about where the fuck I am. Like that's that's the way I operate. And if yeah. I need to get there, I can jump on a plane and we'll be fine. Like, yeah, yeah. And to and be no, honest with you, is... if I'm there, you're probably not going to like me because I'm working and I'm I'm yeah. rocking and rolling. You're gonna have Busy. to you're gonna have to enter my level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that face. I see the face you made. That was. That yeah. was hyperspeed no, right there. It's, it's, was... the, it's the truth because I actually find peace in learning to be away from the situation and handle it. I think it makes more of you. But when you're always there and you can you can fix it and you're the first one to jump, you're, you're not doing anything. You don't have a business. You, you actually have a job. Yeah, Life is about the finding the right level of resistance. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, if there's no resistance, you're not going to grow. If it's an overwhelming resistance, you're not going to grow. If it's the right amount that you can work with it and, and then find a little bit of traction and then your muscles get stronger and then you can take on more resistance. And before you know it, you're playing with big pieces in life that it's, you got to find that resistance. It's not going to be easy peasy, you know, like there's no city I'm going to move to. That's just going to be like, Oh, why didn't I always do this? I can just sit back and relax. I, I don't, it's not about relaxing. I have shit to do. You know, so yeah, there's homeless guys, you know, yelling at each other, you know, peeing on the street. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, that's not awesome. But I mean, like if I was here just to 
look out the window, sure, I would move to South Carolina, you know, but like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to look out the window. I'm, I'm here to kick some ass. I get stuff to do. So, you know, <laughs> like it. what? I can't I see it. those guys. I don't, I don't notice them. Like, well, a little, but not yeah, much. A little bit, a little bit. So yeah. if people want to find out about your comedy and your dating. How would they, how would they do that? They would go to, all right. So uh, my Instagram is a great way to get the most up to date. Uh, it's dating coach comedian. Uh, underscore, underscore, uh, dating, underscore, coach, underscore, comedian. And then, uh, or of course, Paul Roseberry, uh, R-O-S-E-B-E-R-R-Y, just like it sounds. Um, both will pop up. Uh, my For dating coaching, uh, you can book a, a one-on-one so we can chat and see if we're a fit at uh, confidencefound.com. Shoot me an email at info at confidencefound.com. Uh, and then comedy stuff, paulroseberry.com. I mean, but Instagram, you know, like whatever, just hit, I'm around. You want to find me? It's like you said, you know where my boat is. If you're drowning, man. <laughs> you know, I, I'll leave you with this. <laughs> my my friend who's a coach, he's one of my best friends who, what is the reason that I got sober and my whole life changed? So yeah, forever yeah. grateful to her. Yeah. But she said an analogy to me that was like the best I've ever heard. Okay. She goes, I'm a motherfucking bus. And she goes, it's positivity, it's excitement for life, uh-huh. it's 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 just doing everything great, working out, and the bus hits the same motherfucking stops every day. How about that? Either get on or don't get on, but stay out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know where to be. <laughs> I love it. I was like, that's it right there. That is awesome. But, but guys, if you like this episode, send it to your friend, share it with somebody that gets some value, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.